Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. All right, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about um, just other ministries, I guess is the best way to define it, within the church. So that's going to be uh, youth ministries, children's ministries, uh, every other Sunday school, Sunday school. Yeah. So all the different types of ministries that churches have and kind of how that fits. So we've talked about in previous episodes, leadership, flow of service, all of those sorts of things. And try to, I mean, to the best of our ability, point back to the word on those and say, you know, this is what it says and why we should do it, or at least point back to why things should be done in a, in a theological manner uh, to point people to the glory of God. So I know this is, going to be an interesting podcast uh specifically for me have been been in youth ministry for a long time my entire instagram account is called the honest youth pastor so yeah, uh, so let's be honest yeah so be super honest so i think some of it some of where i fall on this might be surprising to people but i think it's a conversation that needs to happen um so there is a clip we'll kind of use this off as a jumping off point i'm sure when uh this you know when you guys are listening to this i'll provide a link to this video as well but uh, there's a, uh, a video of Bodie Bauckham. I and mean, if you don't know who that guy is, if nothing else, turn this off and go listen to him. You're, you're going to yeah. learn a lot. Yeah, um, he's awesome. But uh, guy. yeah, that guy, I would definitely uh, recommend you listen to him. But he has a video specifically that talks about youth ministry and touches on children's ministry as well and how those are not biblical models of how things should be done. And really brings up the question, uh, should a church have a youth ministry or a children's ministry, how we do it now. Um, so to kind of define that for you guys, obviously youth ministry and children's ministries are used uh, as a way of, okay, so the big adults have the big church and the kids have the youth ministry and then the little kids have children's church. And maybe we all break off and divide up during worship times for those youth ministry on Wednesday night, same thing. So there's adult Bible study in most churches or in a lot of churches and then youth group for other people. And the whole purpose of this episode really comes from that, that idea that, that Bodie Bauckham presents, which is that those aren't biblical models. And if we look at the Bible, what we see is a much different setup um, of, of kind of how things are supposed to be done. So uh, I want to get your take real quick, Rob, on kind of that video, the big takeaways you saw from it. And we'll probably end up talking about why churches do things now and maybe how we can rethink those. Yeah, so um, we've actually had this conversation, not I guess not conversation, but I've I've thrown it out multiple times, even in our church, mm -hmm. right? Um, so we we have these same ministries, right? In our in our church, we have uh, a youth group, we have uh, Awana, yeah. Uh, if you're familiar with that, uh, we have uh, Sunday school for all ages. Um, so, well, I mean, we have this stuff that we do, um, and I tend to agree with uh, what Vody Bauckham is coming out with on that, with his premise and his point when he when he talks about all these other ministries. And in that, um, you know, one of the things that children's ministry and youth ministry, which is kind of the same thing, just yeah. for different ages, right? It's the same concept. Um, one of the things that they can do, right, is 
it, I think in large part has taught the adults in our family of believers that they're not responsible, that they're not as responsible for the discipleship, for making disciples of their kids as the church is. Right. And that's not true. Um, Me as a, as a dad, like my first responsibility is not to this church. Uh, My first responsibility is husband and uh, dad. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's who God gave me before I ever moved to this town. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if I'm not making disciples at home, right, like we, we have this view, I think, um, in America that discipling, uh, as a parent is simply teaching our kids to be good American citizens, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I think those things are all good, but I think that there, uh, maybe, uh, outreaches, if anything else, yeah. like I've, I've had this conversation with Awana specifically at our church. So we've done Awana for a long time. It's been a thing here since long before I came mm-hmm. to town. And uh, it's, it's a good thing. But two of the things that happen with Awana that are a struggle for me sometimes is um, uh, a, a large portion of our um, church body it takes a lot of us to make that work to run it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. To, to serve there. And it becomes the method of discipling for a lot of parents. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've publicly even tried to stress, okay, if, if in fact, just a few uh, weeks ago I preached and it was about missional uh, kind of our direction as a missional church. And um, in that sermon, I even said uh, that I hope you're not bringing your kids to Awana so that the church can teach them how to yeah. be disciples, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's important for us, um, I think, to do that. Like, if, if Awana is the basis that you're using for you to disciple your kids, and this is kind of the supplement mm-hmm. to that, great, right? Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of kids that come to our Awana that are kids from town, right? Yeah, Their parents have nothing to do with Christ. They don't give a crap. We're babysitting for them, mm-hmm. right? For that yeah. time. That's good. That's fine. That's what we want, right? Mm-hmm. But only if it's presented in such a way that we're not giving, uh, we're not enabling parents to not be disciplers. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think that's a huge point to make in this conversation about it is that why do those ministries exist? So uh, if they, so for example, like you said, like if somebody sends, and I had this happen in a couple of churches that I was youth pastor at, that uh, the kids would come to youth group or, you know, Sunday school for youth in the morning on Sundays. And that would be essentially where they would have a lot of their learning take place about the Bible. I mean, I had kids come to Sunday school that they'd been in church their whole lives. Their, Their parents have been in church their whole lives, but they were asking like super basic questions that like they should have been asking their parents like that I would have thought would have already been covered. Now, again, I mean, like we've mentioned in previous episodes, when we're teenagers, sometimes we don't listen as well as we, you know, I mean, people could have easily told them some of the answers to this and they just didn't hear it. But uh, what I found is lots of times and one church in particular, I got a lot of pushback at was that, Hey, I, I made this to the, to the, the, the elder board that, Hey, the reason we do this ministry 
is because we have so many kids coming out from the, the, from the community. I mean, our, at one point, our youth ministry was 90% community kids and 5% uh, what you would consider church kids. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of pushback from that <laughs> for whatever reason on the parents' part because they were like, well, my kids are around these kids that cuss and they do drugs and they're dangerous and they're a bad influence. And I was just like, okay, first of all, your, your kids should really be discipled <laughs> enough to know the difference in, you know, not, not that they're not going to be influenced, but like if you're doing the discipleship on the other end of it, not that they're going to be perfect kids, but they're going to, yeah. they're going to at least know, like they're going to know the difference between right and wrong, which most of these kids that were coming from the community didn't, they didn't have a concept of good, bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when I watch that, you know, have that conversation about, you know, do why do we do these ministries? I think it, it comes back to what you said. I'm totally fine with having a youth ministry, a children's ministry, whatever other thing you want to call. It. I don't think I fit Sunday school in that. We might talk about that here in a minute. But those ministries as outreaches to the community, not a class for the kids that come already to church um, that already have you know Christian parents. Like, yeah, I want them to be involved, but for the sole purpose of making sure that these kids that don't have Christian parents can see what the gospel does. Like they can see that in action. Um, They can see that these kids hopefully live different lives because of what Jesus has done in their lives. Um, And it'd be an outreach. But I think, like you said, if it comes to a point where it's, I'm, you know, the parents aren't doing devotions at home. They're not praying at the home. Nobody sees mom and dad reading the Bible. Like the only time you see the Bible opened is at church is when this becomes a problem. And uh, one of the things that he mentions in the video is that there shouldn't be a title of youth pastor because what that does is that points off that, 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 that basically gives that, that, that ministry like, okay, you're in charge of these youth when in fact it's actually supposed to be the parent that's in charge of these kids in general. So it's not, Mm -hmm. um, it's almost deliberately making a point to say, don't worry, we've got your kids discipled. You don't have to do it. So, um, that, that would be like where I totally agree with him. Like, so the irony was that I've been a youth pastor. Um, I talk about youth ministry all the time, but when I get to the other side of this conversation, I say, you know something, I think I'm not saying burn the whole thing down. No more youth ministry or children's ministry. I'm just saying that we really need to be deliberate in how we think about it. Yep. And to say that, look, if you have a youth ministry yeah. that, that is only consistent of kids of, that, that already go to this church, and nobody that doesn't like what, what are you doing? Cause as a youth pastor, it's not your job to disciple them. Like that's not your, I mean like, yeah, be there to answer questions and help them along. But really that's, you're taking that privilege away from their mom and dad when you do that. Yeah. I think for us, if we, if we ever, at least this is, um, you know, my vision for it. If, if we ever have a youth pastor here, it would be probably called something like, um, youth and family pastor, mm-hmm. because what what that role would be? Sure, they might have like training for youth, because uh, you and I both know, and and people who would already know who you are and listen to your mm-hmm. stuff will already know that. I mean, teaching youth to be on mission is completely different than <laughs> teaching adults. Yeah, um, one because of the maturity level, but two mm-hmm. because like adults and what they face in the workplace. Um, unless you're like in a really populated city, it's way different than what kids are now facing in yeah. school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it's, it is different, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, we should um, help usher that along, like, and train and equip them just mm-hmm. like we equip the adults. But, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it, um, the reason I say that would need to be like a family pastor as well is like the whole point would be let's equip the parents. The first goal is mm-hmm. let's equip these parents to equip their youngsters, yeah. right? Well, and that's one of been one of the arguments when I have had this discussion with people, they say, well, what if mom and dad aren't spiritually, what if they're baby Christians? And they, they honestly don't know or don't feel comfortable with discipling their kid because they mm-hmm. literally themselves don't know. And yeah. I mean, that's a valid question, but I think having somebody like the position you just mentioned, somebody that uh, is able to, um, you know, help them along. So if dad doesn't know the question, for example, he can come to him, an elder and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I mean, hopefully he's already being discipled within the body, mm-hmm. but I think it's unfortunately a fantasy to say that happens everywhere, but yeah. he at least needs a place to go that he says, look, I'm, I, w- I mean, as a godly father, I want to develop my family. I don't know the answer. Can you help me along here and walk me through it? So I think that would be a great role because at that point, like you said, you're just helping and equipping. Um, yep. It's not taking that out of his hands because I think the, the leaning for a baby Christian would be like, look, I already got a ton of responsibility. I work all the time. I don't have time to answer these questions. Just go to youth group because I want to take a nap. Um, whereas yeah. uh, if you're deliberate in saying, hey, look, you're supposed to be discipling your family. And again, that has to be said from the pulpit. They're not going to hear it anywhere else. Or from somebody that's discipling them. That is your responsibility. You have to do it. I know whenever we, uh, me and Christina do marriage counseling for couples or premarital counseling before we marry a couple, uh, I make it a point that I tell that guy, look, you are responsible. Like when you stand before God, you, he's good. did you do what you were supposed to do as a father, as a husband, mm-hmm. you disciple your family? Yep. That's you. That's not on her. Never going to be on her. That's on you. So um, just making sure that people know that because a lot of guys I mean, in the society we live in, where fatherlessness is a huge thing, maybe I've never seen that worked out. Or mm-hmm. you know. So I think that position would be super helpful to have. Yeah, we have. So I, I want to say this too, like, and this, this probably goes, uh, not probably, it does. Uh, this, this goes for any podcast that we'll probably ever do, right? Like um, talking about this, I don't, I don't want anyone who ever hears this or sees this on YouTube or something to, to think that we're saying these things because we've got it figured out. Oh, no, no, no. Right? Because uh, like for me, these the views that I'm I'm kind of portraying or, or that are coming out of my mouth absolutely I believe are true mm-hmm. and right, but like I still struggle with all this stuff, right, mm-hmm. personally, and it's um it's easy for like there have been times even this week that I've said to the boys, "Hey, um you know, just go downstairs and watch cartoons, right? Like, <laughs> Please go like away. yeah, I mean, that that's every human being that mm-hmm. has procreated, right, yeah. has has that struggle. So, but it's something that we all like, have to work toward together, because, mm-hmm. man, I, when when I get before God, I'm going to have a lot more to answer for than whoever is teaching my kids in Sunday school. Mm-hmm right? For when it comes to them in particular, I'm the one that's discipling them or choosing not to. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, and I think to build on that point, it's a great call out. Like 
you have to understand that you're not in this alone. I know you mentioned in a previous podcast, you have an elder in your church that's older that you've gone to before uh, about, you know, family situations. So it's important to know that, yeah, it's going to be super stressful. That doesn't take the responsibility off you in any regard. Yeah. But in that stress, you have to understand that instead of throwing up your hands and be like, well, this just can't be done, that you have a network of people that you go to. And again, this all comes back. I mean, we're, we're eventually touch on this, I think at some point in a podcast, but like, that's why the body is so important. You're not just some lone individual in a church attending once or twice a week, you know, trying to be uplifted. You are part of a body for a purpose because you've been called to something extremely important, uh, but also extremely difficult and stressful. Yeah. So you have to be able to have those people in your life that you can go to and say, look, like, this happened this week. My kid, like I thought I knew him and I found something else out. Like, it's just like, I'm, I'm, everything's burned to the ground. I'm not doing this right. And somebody that can come along and be like, look, it's no big deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, that gentleman that you can go to, they can be like, look, they burnt the house down once and we're all so good. Like, you don't, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> right, like pray right. for him, be there for him. Yeah. Love him. Like, you know, Jesus loves you. That's the important part. So I think, like you said, it's a great call out. Like it can be very, overwhelming but you have to understand that literally no one's perfect and just relying on the body yeah is so important so yeah and and i i mean no church is perfect we we have um uh, uh, even in churches where it looks like man they have this down Mm -hmm. they might just have it down a lot more than where you attend Mm -hmm. or where you're a member but well, uh, there are people that fall through those cracks at every, yeah. you know. Well, I think and, if you were to ask them the history, they'd be like, yeah, but you weren't here for when this happened. Like the only right. reason we're flowing so well now is because there was a disaster 10 years ago. Right. And that's, um, that's true of here. I mean, mm-hmm. it is. That's, I, I know of stories that have happened here a long time ago yeah. that, that are just like, holy smokes, you know, yeah. like how did you make how it through that? Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. So, um, so on that, so obviously I think that we would put Sunday school kind of in a different category than youth ministry, children's ministry, those like Awanas, because um, just because of the history. Now, obviously those ministries came out of Sunday school, but just a brief history for in case nobody's looked it up yeah. or is a nerd. Um, so Sunday school, there's not like a definitive time when it started, but uh, basically what ended up happening in England is the only day that kids were not free because this is before child labor laws they were working and the only day they could not work was sunday and they were uneducated um for the most part they were just mischievous as kids are and the churches started deciding that hey we can actually educate these children that don't have an education they don't have to work in the mines forever like we can help them learn basic things and we can do it through the bible so literacy we can teach them through the bible spelling we can teach them through the bible um, just basic human interaction. We can teach them through the Bible. So they started getting classes together on Sundays to teach these kids um, these things that they weren't going to learn ever because they were working every single day of the week. And uh, so they got them together. And the funny thing is, when I looked into this history, the church hated it. They hated Sunday school because you were working on the Lord's Day to teach these kids. And it was a huge oh, controversy. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, we'll find something to be mad about all the time. Don't worry about it. Uh, so <laughs> I'm mad about that. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> so uh, they got it together and they, they were, again, the church was using their gifts to, as an outreach to the community because they saw a need. And um, 
obviously what ended up happening is uh, Sunday school morphed into something completely different because child labor laws became a thing that didn't work all the time. Obviously in our day now, uh, some kids don't start working until they're 20 and there's a plethora of other things for them to do. Um, so what Sunday school originally was, was obviously teaching children that were unable to be educated, were never going to get educated. And now it's shifted into, for most churches, a thing we do before the service um, mm-hmm. for adults and kids as well. Like it's just, we're replicating youth ministry and children's ministry and adult ministry in little classrooms before Sunday morning. So um, not that he touched on it in his video, but I think a lot of his same ideas could apply to Sunday school that you really have to rethink why you're doing that. Um, I've seen a lot of churches do small groups instead of Sunday school. They've just shifted and, you know, mm-hmm. used it more as a discipleship group. But um, yeah, yeah. so what is your take on that? Because I know, um, again, with all the changes you guys are doing, that's probably something you're really looking at as well. Yeah, it, it is. Um, we've, we've done, uh, since I've come to this church, we've done several different things actually specifically for adult Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Um, the children's Sunday school has largely been the same. Um, and it it's uh, probably like on the list to be renovated mm-hmm. some, but not, not there yet. But we've, um, I think Sunday school for us specifically is the same sort of deal as Awana is in the sense that um, we actually had um a gal that came and dropped her kids off for sunday school and then just left and then she would (laughs) come and pick them up after i mean yeah like they it exists right we have people Mm -hmm. who come in and um from town or whatever or who bring their friends or whatever but sunday school is not nearly as successful at that for us as awana is like you could legitimately hear call awana an outreach um, uh, not that, you know, not that it's bad or detrimental to have, um, uh, kids be taught the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to say that, right? Don't but, you do with that. Yeah. How dare you? But, um, <laughs> but it's also, it's also something that can get in the way of parents being parents, right? Mm-hmm. Parents being godly parents, which means you're making disciples. That's number one thing. And, yeah. um, with our adult Sunday school, we have a lot of folks who come just because Sunday school is the thing. That's like when, uh, yeah, at there was a time uh, a few years ago that we swapped the times so that Sunday school was after church, yeah. mm-hmm. so that attendance for Sunday school would go up. <laughs> that was literally the reason. So and you didn't change anything about Sunday school. You just switched the time. No, yeah, because we wanted more people there. Oh, yeah. wow. I would have thought somebody would have been like, hey, we can do discussion of the sermon, but you didn't change anything. No. <laughs> and, and I I think what you even just try said, to hide it. Yeah. What you just said brings up the point that like I, I've said this before about small groups and all kinds of things. Like if you're teaching uh, Sunday morning, Sunday school, small group, maybe a women's study, like mm-hmm. you have all these you have four things in one week that you're trying to digest that should take you a week or so to digest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like efficiently. And so like we've talked about like our youth Sunday school just changed a little bit. Um, and 
okay, I take it back. Not yet, but the after the current curriculum that they're they're going through Matt Chandler's Apostles Creed. Oh wow. Stuff. Yeah. Youth group? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So uh but when they're finished Most kids with don't that, know the word creed other than Assassin's Creed. <laughs> or or the band. No wait, that was our that was, that was a when long we were kids. time ago, yeah. man. man. With our flat open. Oh man. Under the sunlight. <laughs> um yeah, but <laughs> What they're going to start um, specifically, like if, if uh, whoever's preaching mm-hmm. um, or if we have a guest preacher or whatever, we'll find out what they're preaching about. Or usually we give them a text, like whatever's next, right? Gotcha. Um, yeah, because yeah. But uh, whoever's preaching will come up with a few questions that are essentially discussion questions. And like me, honestly, long-term vision is that's what our missional communities are going to discuss that week. That's what uh, Sunday school should be about. Obviously, it should be age appropriate so they get yeah. it. Um, but that's that's the youth group will be the first kind of area to experiment with that. Mm-hmm. So um, they're gonna they're gonna discuss what we're discussing as a church. Um, our Sunday school for adults hopefully will eventually be aligned kind of with mm-hmm. that a little bit. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's kind of where well, we're at, I guess. Right I think now. a lot of that, like what you're saying, as far as the, the changing of it and how you're going about it is incredibly important because I mean, this concept I think is a really good concept as far as making sure you're intentional, like we've talked about in previous episodes, but making sure you're intentional about what you're doing. So if you just have a Sunday school or a youth group or a children's group, to either disciple the kids when they, I mean, the focus is wrong, like just refocusing what you're doing. But in the same regard, if you've done it for literally decades, you can't just burn the whole thing down. Right. And I hope that it rises like a Phoenix from the ashes. Like you're going to have to uh, be very purposeful in how you explain why you're doing. I mean, so in the previous episode, we talked about music and like worship wars and all that kind of stuff. And I think I've seen it done so well where a pastor has gotten up and said, Hey, look, we, we, you know, we're, we're going to transition our musical style and this is why, and this is how long it's going to take. And this is what we're doing to ensure that, you know, we're doing it well. Um, so that everybody knows the why, like why we're doing this, how this aligns with the vision and why it's important. And then I've also seen a guy get up like, from one Sunday you're singing hymns and the next Sunday it doesn't matter who thinks what we're doing this. And mm-hmm. now it's just, you know, Hillsong. And it's like, there's no transition. There's no explanation. There's, and then everybody goes, well, why is everybody mad? This is better worship. And you're like, well, yeah, you didn't explain the why, like you, you put a blurb in, you talked about it, but it wasn't like you didn't, some things have to be changed slowly. And yeah, I think this idea is great. And like what you said, like you're experimenting in different places so that your people can see, look, I know you've always attended Sunday school. I know you've always done it just because you're attending Sunday school, but would it not be better to actually process, like you said, one message, not five. Um, Plus, and you can maybe speak to this a little bit. I know in the places that have done that, it helps everybody. So instead of having five you know, or four not so well done messages and one really good one, you have one super solid, well researched. because if you're going to put resources out for your message, you're going to have to do a whole lot more research on your message. Um, 
so it, it, you get one really well solid. never mind then <laughs> <laughs> i am not i'm not doing that that's uh, you just said more work uh, so, <laughs> but you have one like super solid message that literally can feed your body for the entire week and the way you guys do it we haven't done an episode on this we'll definitely do one eventually about expeditionally preaching through the word but like um that i think is also beneficial because now the meal they ate last week is building on the meal they're going to eat this week yep. and it's, it's built out a little bit more. So um, anyway, I think, I think it's a controversial subject because it, if essentially if you are in a youth ministry position and you're not thinking this way, like you have to, now your job's at jeopardy. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh no. Well, and, and we, so I think renovation is probably the word, right? So for us, we're, we're, um, we're renovating almost every area of what we do and who we are as a church. Uh, um, and it's based on context. It's based on areas that we obviously need to change because yeah, I mean our stage, right. This is trivial, but our stage has feather dusted walls, right? Oh no! So anybody out, anybody, yeah. you know, that's like 25 that walks in here is going to go, okay, mom lives here. Got yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. And not that we're trying to please everybody, right? Yeah. Or make a vibe, right? But yeah. yeah, but we've got to, we've got to, um, we have slowly become a church that's okay with change, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of at the heart of why this would be controversial in the first place. Yeah. Right. And, and um, man, that's been a journey. It's been difficult. Like mm-hmm. I, you said, um, I thought about bringing this up in our flow uh, podcast when we did that, but um, you, one of the things that you said in a uh, off the books uh, conversation we had was that it, they changed the handshaking time at church and people flipped out. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of it. Like there, mm-hmm. there are things that you do and it's simply, people don't even know why they're mad. Right. Like yeah. at the end of the day, it's other than different. why are you doing this differently? Yeah. I put tables in our sanctuary once round tables Uh-oh. Uh-oh. instead of the chairs and uh quite literally um there were we just did it on purpose for a special sunday but quite literally we did it because um we were going to do communion a certain way okay. um mm-hmm. and we had uh, a couple of folks who like older folks and straight up they were like I don't know if I want to come back here anymore. Oh my goodness. And they, these people have been members for like, you know, mm-hmm. 25 or 30 years. Yeah. So, just, I mean, yeah. Well, you change one thing. I mean, not to distract. That was big though. But yeah. Do you remember the yeah. time in youth group uh, when Mark brought in the black light or was it Anthony? One of the youth pastors brought in the black light. And then the next week they're like, no more black lights. Cause black lights are from the devil. And I was like, what? like he was just trying to change it up a little bit. And like one light. Oh, that's yep. um, But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, great point. Um, great point there as far as just, I think we have to remember, especially I think younger people like ourselves, especially when you go, okay, like we see where we need to take it, right? So we see that there's an issue yep. um, and it needs to be some refocusing. But oftentimes I know I've very much been um, guilty of this that I want to go a thousand miles an hour to get there and not explain like just whoever burns down and leaves in my path. That's fine. They weren't ever really on board or love Jesus anyway. And yeah. you have to realize that like, 
it's extremely important to know that, look, this is also part of my body. I have to take their, you know, they've, they've been doing this for so long. They don't, even if I explain the why well, like it's so in some cases you need to go to those people and be like, look, I know you, you were a little uncomfortable with this. You know, you know, why, why were you uncomfortable with this? You know, let, let's talk through it. I mean, just to try to retain them as long as it's, you know, good to retain them. Like they're, I mean, they have valid concerns or, you know, just to kind of talking through it, not put the pedal to the metal so much, but like you said, be like, look, we're testing it here because we need to refocus. And hopefully, I mean, you're not going to be able to, like you said, you're not going to be able to please everybody. A table in the sanctuary for one person may be the, the straw that breaks their back and they may need to go somewhere else um, yeah. that never would ever, ever, ever put tables in the sanctuary uh, if that's what's going to keep them, you know, um, keep them going. But so anyway, that, that, um, I think that's the important thing that I've learned through this conversation when I've had it is that just that you have to realize that it's going to take a minute to get some people on board and you need to go slow in some respects in order to make sure everybody um, can, can come along with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a two way street, right? I mean, and it's, it's about, again, uh, uh, it's about balance between the extremes, right? I, I don't want, um, to make so many changes so fast that the people who have to make this big paradigm shift are just left in the dust completely. And they're like, I don't, I can't. So like even some of the mature Christians are going to go, I'm out. I don't even know what's going on right now. Um, but at the same time, right, you're moving in a direction that the, uh, for us, the elders are all in agreement. Um, n- 80, 90% of the church is really in agreement. The others may be undecided and you've got four or five couples that are like, um, no, right? I mean, at some point they're going to be uncomfortable enough. They're going to leave and I have to be comfortable enough and, and sold enough that I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I mean, that's happened before there's been people. And I think the thing that we have to realize, like I, this whole conversation is that one, we need to know that there are some things that need to be refocused and have the courage to refocus them despite what anybody says. And then secondly, know that, that even if these people, so there, for example, there were, there's this couple that were amazing, godly volunteers for uh, a youth ministry I was a part of. And uh, the music got shifted at the church and literally the next Sunday they left. Now, I have a complete disagreement with them about their heart in that, but they, they had a conviction that some of the lyrics, which I would agree with in some regards, were not, they didn't agree with them. Uh, and for whatever reason, that was kind of like the last straw. And we had to be okay with, look, I know they volunteer, but that doesn't carry more weight about the direction that we need to, to go on this thing. Yeah. So just, just being, realizing that, look, I love you, reaching out and having that conversation. And if they still decide to leave, like, just because you, and this is, I mean, again, I think it's a lot of a hard issue for some people. Um, the comment was made by one of these people that, look, uh, we do a lot here. We volunteer a lot here. And, uh, you know, you're not regarding that. And here's the thing, like, none of us are finished products. None of us are perfect. Yep. Um, in every other regard, this person is a very godly individual. It's just that mm-hmm. thing. There was just so much pride in that area that they thought that that carried weight for that situation 
So you yeah. have to be okay with knowing that, look, we need to refocus this. We need to change this. And I'm going to try to keep you along for the ride. I'd love for you to be here along for the ride, but this is the refocus we're making. This is why I'd hope you prayerly, prayerfully consider coming along with us, but if you can't do that, Okay. Yeah. And it, it takes leadership that's willing to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And if many aren't, and I think that that is why in this nation, we're going to probably continue to see lots of churches have to put chains on the doors and sell, sell their property instead of flourishing and making a difference and, and changing their cities. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you have to be able to hold things that are tradition for you with an open hand. Yeah. And if you're not, you're dead, you're dead already. Right. I mean, you just are, mm. there are things that can't be compromised. Absolutely. Um, but how we arrange the chairs is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Amen. All right. Good deal. So, um, hopefully this conversation has been helpful in regards to just getting us thinking. What we want to do is think about why we do what we do. And if we find that, um, that maybe, hey, we, we inadvertently are telling the parents in our church, don't worry, we'll disciple your kids. Maybe we need to just make a conscious effort to refocus that and say, hey, look, guys, um, you know, it's your job to disciple. I mean, just slip that in however you can. If you feel like that's a sermon that needs to be preached, awesome. Preach that sermon. Um, build that into maybe even, I know churches that have built that into their uh, discipleship membership curriculum that, Hey, when you're coming on board, this is what we believe and why we believe it. So as a father, you're supposed to do this as a mother, father, you're supposed to do this, but whatever it looks like, just refocusing that. And as we've mentioned, making sure, you know, that it's not the pedal to the metal approach that's going to fix it. It's the long-term long, you know, prayer and fasting and explaining, and then doing that 5,000 more times. That, that'll get you there. So uh, hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully uh, it, it at least gets you thinking. That's kind of the point of these podcasts along the lines, getting you thinking about why we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we can maybe change it. What are we talking about next time? Uh, evangelism slash church planning slash models for that type of thingy. Gotcha. So it, it's a junk drawer episode for everything yes. we haven't <laughs> talked about yet. There had to be something that we're like, hey, we, we can't fit this into this, but we'll, we'll, we'll fit mm-hmm. it in this last episode. Okay, awesome. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, and make sure, I haven't mentioned this yet on any of the previous episodes, but make sure you're uh, leaving uh, five-star reviews and leaving some uh, uh, reviews as far as words, too, about how we're super smart and, uh, you know, you're, you're – <laughs> And yeah. um, And listen, if you don't do that, I, you know, you might end up on a podcast. um, At least your name. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just saying, yeah. I mean, if you don't leave a review, we we might question if you're safe. So. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. Cut. We got to go. I think Uh, I took that too far. Okay. Anyway, guys, (laughs) thank you for watching. Uh, Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time.